Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth vote founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Scientist podcast. This is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and today we will be drawing again on the wisdom of Mr. Kenneth Vogt, the Bite Size Bio team coach and the founder of the executive mentoring company Vera Claritas. Today and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you get to benefit from Ken's Yoda-like words of wisdom to help you increase your performance, enjoyment and success in the lab. Today we will be discussing an interesting question. Can there be freedom in science or in a career in science to be exact? Okay, Ken, so maybe we'd be best to start off with what are you defining as freedom in this context? Yes, freedom is kind of a loaded word these days. And there's, there's a bunch of different call them applications out in the world, but let's, let's just start with what the basic concept is, and then we'll talk about how it applies in science and how it applies in your career. So the freedom I'm talking about is the power or, or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So the, the, there's several components there that are worth thinking about. One is that you have the power to be free. You have the right to be free. It impacts your, your actions, your speech, and your thinking. And it involves the removal of hindrance or restraint. So when you, when you couple all that in there and you think about your day-to-day -day work <laughs> or your week-to-week -week or month-to-month -month work, you might I've heard a lot of barriers there to your freedom that that that's not how it is you you may feel disempowered you may feel like like you're not afforded any kind of rights your um, your actions or speech might be hindered even your thinking and well, e even even out of the the victim story of that out, out with the victim story of that that science has naturally got a lot of structure um, a lot of ways you're, you know, you're on rails the way you've, you've to think as a scientist. And so I guess in one way you could call that restriction of freedom of sorts. That yeah, and we can to. talk about how you can, how you can still be free even within a structure. But I wanted to start off by talking about what are the barriers? What, what is in your way that's keeping you from being able to do the most amazing, the most innovative science out there 
and and it, it dawned on me there are quite a few um, uh, barriers to that, and I imagine Nick will be able to chime in on on even more or at least uh, more detail on these. But well, let's uh, see. Yeah. So I wanted to start off with, you know, when I, I started thinking about this in terms of um, where are the where are the first places where your freedom gets restricted in science, and I, the thing that floated to the top for me is academia. That is, you know, you're, there are silos of knowledge that are very specific. And then there are, are call it philosophies of science, uh, for which there are living proponents <laughs> that are often professors. And boy, you do it their way or, you know, or you're not allowed to do anything. So um, that might be the first area we think of when it comes to freedom. So... Now that's not to say that every one of these folks out there are are tyrants and they won't allow you to think outside the box. It's just that they've put so much effort into developing their box and they're so proud of it and they so want you to understand it, which would be beneficial because you know the these are the people that have gone ahead of you and have figured some things out. But you can find yourself uh, you know, cast into that mold and not able to see outside of it. So, uh, so Nick, I'll ask you, is there anything you want to weigh in there when it comes to academia? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I guess we're talking about, you know, we're kind of inferring that a lack of freedom here is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and sometimes it's a necessary thing and sometimes it's, you know, if you're talking about creative freedom or intellectual freedom, freedom, you know, you want to be able to exert your influence. Mm -hmm. But one thing that strikes me is it's easy to say, you know, those old guys or, or girls have got it all, you know, sewn up. They, they um, make the, you know, de decide how we're go how this is going to go and we have to follow. But in a, I think that's an easy way, easy thing to jump to, but it's not necessarily a valid criticism because a lot of you know what we're doing there is we're building on the on the work of others and so we're building on the philosophies of others if we start from scratch with every generation of new scientists then new generation of scientists then we don't make progress well that's but very that true science that, is all that, about building on the past yeah and so that doesn't that doesn't mean that the past shouldn't be questioned of course and i always say that that you know you can't you can't just assume but it doesn't also doesn't mean you can just throw the the past and the knowledge and the structure out of the window and expect to still have you might have more freedom but you have less structure to build you know to build upon so it's going to take much longer to move forward right so uh, just a couple of things I want to back up a little and just make sure we understand here the the title of this is can there be freedom in science it's not it's not about should there be freedom or is how come there's no freedom in science yeah, and my what I'm talking about here, what I'm calling the barriers, that yeah, they are barriers to their being freedom, but it doesn't mean that they they serve no purpose, or that it that freedom should be the end all and be all. You know, free range scientists gets us Doctor No. You know, <laughs> uh, we don't need that. <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm thinking. You know, uh, not that we change the title of this because that's this is how we started out, but. Another way to frame this is where is the freedom in science? Sure. Where can you exert you on science within this that structure? 
Exactly. So I want to tick off on a, on a few more things that might be the restrictions on your freedom in science. And again, this is we're discussing these things not to make them the bad. You know, they're not the bad guys. They're, it's just realizing what's the lay of the land and, and seeing what's there. So the, the second one I would point to is money. Um, money has very much influenced how science progresses these days. It, you know, it's, it's all about, can I get the grant? How much can I get for the grant? What restrictions come with the grant? You know, and what requirements do they expect the, you know, the, the people who are giving me the money um, are giving us the money. So, so money becomes a big deal and, and that almost sounds dirty, you know, like, ah, oh, it's filthy lucre, but money is a necessity in this, in this game. You know, there's the, the things that, that you do in the lab, they're expensive. <laughs> so, uh, I'll throw that one back to you, Nick. What do you think about money yeah. when it comes to free? It's an interesting one. I, I must be, it's my birthday today. <laughs> I must be, get, this must be a, a, a pivotal year because now I'm thinking, you know, a lot of the things that I would have said as a, as a young man about that, or I'm kind of changing my angle on a little bit. <laughs> this must be the moment. But anyway, one way to look at the money is that, of course, it restricts a bit like those, you know, philosophies or the rules or whatever. The old guard, you know, that sort of thing. The money restricts where the science goes because it, there's limited resource and because um, that resource is to be channeled into what some, um, you know, what some body of some sort decides is the most important thing that needs funding so that the, it's an allocation of the resource. So that does hinder your creative freedom as a scientist to what you want to explore in one way. I think the danger is when we, as scientists, become too fixed on that and we, you know, people start to play the game do, do science to get money. You, you have to kind of, you know, that there's, there is a necessary restriction, but you, but you have to play as if there's no restriction, if you see what I mean. You know, if this, get, if this result would get, you know, it's that whole thing, if this result would get you the, you know, the, the breakthrough that would give you the, the $10 million grant, well, you can't, you know, you can't focus on that because you're, then you're going to, you're going to like blur your judgment you're going to you're going to tend towards that result that's just your natural human nature and so you have to be spock like and step back and let it happen so in a way yeah it's a funny one money there isn't it because it does it it's it it, it provides a a, a, a it pr provides a restriction a barrier as you said on one side but on the other side you've got to Make sure that you guard yourself against being sucked into that vortex yourself and still be a scientist even though there's money involved. Right. So the the idea then is is can you be free even though there are are um, monetary shackles on you? It's it's a question to ponder. <laughs> it's mon monetary monetary magnets more than sh than shackles. <clears throat> Interesting. You know what I mean? For me, I think anyway. It's the money will tend to pull you in a direction, and you have to be immune to that. Ah, oh, I you like that. Be... I like that. <laughs> yeah, cause that's a, that's a, a lot of these barriers. It is, they aren't going to feel so awful. They're not, you know, cold hard steel handcuffs. They are 
soft and fuzzy. They're 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 warm and, and embracing sometimes, and it's easy to just get caught up in them and not even notice them anymore. You don't even realize you're restricted because you've you've drank the Kool Aid. You know, I mean, it's not even it's not even restricted. Obviously, none of these are restricted to science. But it's like you know, if you if you're t- just talking about pure creative expression, which is you know what you want to you know what you want to. I would say is the primary freedom here, in a way. Um, if you look at the music industry, it's like you all know artists that have got immense talent. That if they just did what they, you know, what came from the heart, sort of thing, then they would make great music. But they sold out, and they went for the poppy stuff that was just meh. But they know it would sell, you know, like that. And it's it's kind of it's not kind of it's not an exact parallel, but it's something like that. It's like just be the guy who or person who just goes in there and does it for the love even though the money is around and they'll let the money happen well you know the other thing about that though too is that this that phrase selling out that's so popular to think of in reference to music some people they're making a living they, they they're making a living and they're making people happy when they do it yes they're not trying to be mozart but but they're making music and they're good at it and people like what they do and so there's nothing wrong with that and the same thing is true in science. If you're if you're following up with some grants that are very you know popular topics, there's nothing wrong with that. That's that is not a lack of freedom. You in fact you were free to make the choice. to, well, I'll pursue that, or you might decide I want to pursue something that's a little harder to get funding for. Well, then you know you're free to do that. You have you can make that choice. You just have to be aware of what are the potential restrictions. What are the what are the what are the things that might stand in the way. Yeah, this is an interesting topic, and you know that it's an interesting that the that the title is a question, and it's not necessarily that either of us knows the answer to this. Right, <laughs> sure. we're kind of pushing back and forward to find out where the middle ground is. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's interesting. Okay, so the next one I think is, I don't want to say it's unique to science, but it is, it is uniquely important in science, and that's ethics. Um, Ethics can can very much restrict what you can or can't do, and and where you draw the line becomes very important. So, like for instance, uh, I'll use an example of of using animals in research. You know, using mice and rabbits and primates or whatever it is for for bio research. Some folks have a terrible time with that. Other folks see it as as absolutely a worthwhile trade off for the sake of human life, and. And then there's all kinds of variations in between, but it, it it does put some velvet ropes around you of what you can and cannot do, or what you can what you can be so public about, and and sometimes that's a restriction. Maybe it's like we can do it, we just can't talk about it, and not being able to talk about it uh, is a a real hampering of our research, you know. So, you know, so what do you think about that, Nick? Well, there's also um, not just not being able to talk about, it, but just it's not. It might be scientifically interesting to see whether you could clone a human being, but it's it's not a thing you should probably try. Sure, <laughs> you know as well. well so there's yeah, those, and it's been yeah. done. You know, so or at least it's claimed to have been done. So, um, and it's caused a stir. Yeah, but I mean, there's all sorts of research that there, there are all sorts of experiments that uh, can could be done and would be scientifically interesting but are just not ethical you know if you um like 
trying to remember what these were now. There was, you know, one during the COVID sort of um, early days of the COVID, and the idea was you can't test for efficacy of uh, masks in um, preventing the user from getting infection. Mm. What was it? Because you would then have to have a controlled trial where you were exposing people knowingly um, without a mask, you know, or potentially. Well, yeah, anyway. it's, it's like, yeah, that's. There's a very current and, you know, big deal that's happening. And now what? And I think back to like um, experiments that were done during the Nazi era. Well, guess what? They collected some data. Maybe those experiments never should have been done, but should we ignore what's been learned? You know, that's a tough ethical question. So, you know, and again, that... But, well, I mean, if you're thinking about, if you're thinking about, I, you know, the freedom in science, then one way to look at it as well is, I would like this, you know, this scientific, uh, this answer to this question would be useful to, to, um, to our species sort of thing, or to Earth or whatever. And... I would like to answer it, but there's, you know, some of those questions you can't answer without without hurting people or putting people at risk or, or whatever. Yeah, so or hurting other species. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So there's there's a restriction. Yeah. So so again, this is if we go back to that original definition, this is about what you think or speak about or act on. Um, and maybe you're you're making choices here that. Where, where you're bowing to what other people think rather than what you think. Maybe you don't see a problem. And maybe that's not you don't see a problem. I'm going to put it that way. Maybe you're certain there is no problem. And you and you feel that that the masses are being overly restrictive, often out of ignorance even. Um, and, and that impacts your, your science. So the question is, well, what will you do so as to exercise your freedom? Will you be a champion for something? Will you make it a point of educating people on it so that they can understand why you're making a choice that is ethical? You know, those are those are all things that pop up when it comes to how your freedom will be exercised. That's a very thorny question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's get off these ugly ones and get into something a little more friendly here. Technology can be a restriction to freedom. Well, how? And that, that the technology doesn't exist to do what you'd like to do. You know, uh, obviously, technology moves is moving forward and it's fantastic. But sometimes you find yourself just not being able to do what you wish you could have done. And, and I'm thinking about, you know, before CRISPR existed, how many scientists found their freedom restricted because they just couldn't do what you can do with CRISPR. You know. Um, and, and there are plenty of things, you know, dreams for technology that do not yet exist. And you got to do your research in the world that exists today, not the world that's going to exist tomorrow. Well, then you have the freedom to try and, uh, try and create the technology, which is what <laughs> a lot of people have done. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, this is an interesting thing, too. The, in some ways, a lot of this technology is the creation of of engineers rather than scientists, although they certainly need input from scientists. And sometimes there are things that need somebody, they need groups of people that are both engineers and scientists because either group alone couldn't do it. And then there are cases where, you know, only a scientist could develop this next technology. So, you know. Well, it's a whole different way of being a scientist. I have worked in a company that was like that where we were engineers, software engineers, scientists, all sorts of 
completely different things, and that was great fun. But it's not it's not this it's not the same as you know academic research, obviously. Well, I think about things like like flow cytometry and, and microscopy that that amass gigantic amounts of data. And now we need software to process that data, and you need you need statisticians to make sense of that data. You know, it, it a whole a whole other realms are opened up. And as a scientist, you need the freedom to recognize there may be other areas of knowledge where you need help, you need feedback, and maybe you need education. Maybe you need to get up to speed on it. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Okay, here's another interesting one. Popularity. Popularity can be a real barrier because some things just aren't popular. Nobody cares. Nobody wants the answer to that question. That question that you find so interesting. <laughs> Having studied slime molds for four years, <laughs> it was very interesting, and a lot of people do find it interesting, and it's fundamental. So, Well, you know, it's funny. Anyone. Yeah. I honestly had never heard of slime mold until one day you mentioned that was what you got your PhD in. And I thought, how on earth did this guy get a PhD into something that I've never even heard of? And I started looking into it and it's like, wow, it is kind of interesting. You know, and it's very interesting. Yeah, so it's good for parties, though. It is one of the conversation stoppers. Right. So, yeah, but, you know, well, there's a, a something that's an interesting thought. Did you have to overcome any barriers of the of a lack of popularity for this, or was it more understood oh, no. in the scientific realm? No, it's very established. Oh, okay. yeah, it's very established. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But you know, but that's you know not always the case. Sometimes even in scientific realms, you, you're you're that voice in the wilderness, and you know that that can be a barrier. Okay. Well, then the last one I I, I had to bring up because it's because it's come to light here in the last few years. Politics gets in the way of science. Like, who would have ever thought that was going to be the case? But now it has become this thing where that your scientific view is based on whether or not you're you're liberal or conservative. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm increasingly feeling that as soon as science le the science leaks out of the sort of not leaks, but it moves beyond the 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 sort of confines of scientific discourse sort of thing and it starts just touching the media and then into politics and stuff it's just it's 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 impossible to control what's done with that and it's it's interesting that's an interesting well, thing you know, in we itself. did an episode and, and on that quite a fun, that, you know quite we a, talked about science versus scientific opinion and how to discuss it in the world um so we you know we should point people back to that check out that episode and Nick had a lot to say in that episode, so it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I think my I think my my view on it's getting more and more dim, sadly at the moment. Hopefully, <laughs> it comes back, but <laughs> that it's you know that it's kind of like there's actually no way to really do it well. There's uh, not not well pristinely. There, there's it's always going to be um, it's always going to be tainted as soon as it goes. You know, the media can't handle that sort of stuff. 
very well, as far as I can see, anyway. But anyway, who knows? That's another. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's obviously people enter politics coming from all kinds of different realms, including science, because they see something they just feel there is no other way to deal with it than to go political, and you know, but that that impacts your freedom in in what you can do as a scientist. So, you know, there we go. So. Enough about the barriers. Let's talk about the sources of freedom, the things that you can draw on where you can be free. And by the way, being free feels wonderful. It's great. Freedom freedom is a very, very desirable state. And and when it's applied, it's just it can be it can be exciting. So I I I, I you know, my sort of first sort of inkling there is freedom feels great. What what sort of do you mean? Am I standing in a field and I can run wherever I want? Am I, you know, is it or whatever? But actually, for me, what we're defining here is the freedom to be the kind of scientist you wanted to be, the the thing that drove you from the beginning to go into science and then yeah, and the freedom to accomplish you to the things you that you hope to accomplish as a scientist. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just about a state of mind, but it's it's about the practical outcome of of you being what you can you came to the table to be and came to the bench to be <laughs> so so a couple of things that then that you can use that will help you know that no oh, oh before you go on before you go on the different the difference the the part the episode about differentiating between science and scientific opinion that was episode 16 i just found ah, episode 16 okay we'll get that added to the show notes too so um all right so first thing i would point out is one of the things that can help promote freedom for you personally that this is these are these are tools you can use and you will have to actualize you if you're waiting for freedom to be handed to you from somewhere outside of you forget it you already have it it's it's a it's an inalienable right as it were <laughs> um, however but you you can wait for somebody to hand it to you. You can follow someone. You can follow um, the course that someone else sets for you. But that's not freedom. That's not being your own person. Your own your own scientist within the structure. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. You know, the, the, we're not not saying you have to be this personal individual beacon of freedom. You can be. It's an option. Um, and if you're not, that's fine. And there's gradations here. This is a this is a continuum, but it's probably not going to be so great if you have no freedom. If all you're doing is punching a clock every day, you know you you might as well be making widgets at the factory. You know. You, yeah. Again, it depends on what you what kind of thing you want to do. You know what? Again, well, if you take it back to what kind of scientist do you want to be, you might want to be a scientist who goes in and does routine, and that that in some places that's that's what it is you yeah know? and it's necessary um, and that's absolutely fine that's absolutely fine and that's then you're you're you can be your requirement for freedom like personal freedom to be the scientist you want to be as much as less but you're still getting what you wanted so that's okay well you may be getting freedom um, in your own life you know the fact you may be exactly. able to do that kind of work and make a better living than than to be in a a the same kind of work that's not scientific that doesn't require the kind of education you have um, yeah so i guess what we're talking about is kind of the extreme you know the extreme end of it you know want to be the i want you know 
the person who the, the kind of scientist who needs the most freedom to express themselves you know um if you if we're talking about that person and we're talking about you know we we address what's needed for every other level below that yeah or it's not, not yeah, below, yeah, below is another but, word that uh, yeah that 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 is less concerned with that and you know you may be listening to this and going you know what i don't really want that much freedom in this and and that is a perfectly fine position to take but there are others of you who are going, man, I feel like I have got, you know, just the cuffs on me at all times. I feel I feel like I'm in a cage all the time. Well, I'm going to try and help you get out of that. So one of the things you can do that you can apply is rigor. You know, we've talked about scientific rigor, but, you know, using using your capability, using your power of reason, you know, really getting engaged in what you're doing will give you more freedom because you will see things that others don't even know are there. And and that's where the freedom is. So it is you know, all the restrictions can still be there. I mean, they not may not those restricting you may not realize the world's available to you within the restrictions they put on you. And that that rigor will help you find more freedom. So another thing that, that, that might apply to this that could relate to that is having passion about something. If you really care about a particular topic, you're gonna find more possibilities. You're gonna you're again, you're gonna you're gonna feel less restraint and less hindrance because you're excited about it and you're engaged in it and and the details are exciting to you and 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 matter to you. And you know, passion is something to get some that can get applied in a lot of places. And I think a lot of folks may not think of science and passion in the same breath, but those people aren't scientists. <laughs> uh, but you know better. You know there's plenty of opportunity for passion within science. Another thing that is, um, I won't say unique to science, but is definitely is one of the, one of its uh, best principles is curiosity is really important in science. And when you have curiosity, that's where you start to see your options expand. And you know, options expanding is, is synonymous to freedom. And when you're curious about things, you will see things that others won't see. And you will find rabbit holes to go down. <laughs> and, and that's great, because sometimes those things really pay off. And, and of course, you're not doing it for the necessarily for a particular payoff, but because going down rabbit holes is, is interesting, and every once in a while something commercially viable comes out of it, or something medically important comes out of it, or or something that changes our view of fundamentals comes out of it. So, and and that's still happening. You know, we, this didn't all end with with Isaac Newton or you know or Pascal. We we keep discovering new things that make us have to rethink how the world works, and that's awesome. And you, and you're the ones who are discovering it. That's that's interesting. That so you you know we're talking about the barriers there. What you're talking about is it's almost like you're defining the space that's available to grow as a scientist, right? Here's the edges, right? And then as as you talk about these, you know, the sources of freedom. One way to look at that is it's the muscles you can flex to fill that space. And so if you come into uh if you come in as a scientist and you don't show rigor, then you know 
you're not going to develop properly as a scientist. People won't trust you so much. You won't get so many opportunities. And da, da, da. You'll restrict yourself to being a particular kind of scientist, maybe. Um, or, or more, prevent yourself from being an, uh, uh, another type of scientist, you know, one that, you know, whose data can actually be trusted, <laughs> maybe if you're not <laughs> yeah, rigorous. Rigorous is kind of a fundamental. But again, passion, that's maybe a better one because if you go in, if you come in and you're passionate and you display passion that you're looking for opportunities, and, and again, uh, and th that's what curiosity really is as well. You're excited, you're looking for opportunities. Then when the space is available, you will move into it as a you know uh, as a presence within this scientific community and and that uh, your, your influence will grow and then that will help you to occupy the space that is available so i think that's a good way to think about these that the barriers are here or here's where you can't or it's more difficult to move but the spaces in between all this stuff you can move it by flexing these muscles right and and we all know of people that are doing that and now some of these people are you know the you happen to know cuz you've encountered them in your work and others they've risen to, to to public fame in some cases because they have that infectious enthusiasm for what they're doing and they're excited about discovery and and again the freedom that's been afforded them now is fantastic and and you can be that too now not everybody's got to end up on TV you know <laughs> if that's not something you want that's fine but Imagine some of you are thinking death would be pretty cool. You know, I'd like to be in the talk show circuit. I'd like to have, you know, my book on the, you know, hitting the New York Times bestseller list. You know, I, great. If you can do that, go for it. Because you, you do have the freedom to do that. Because it's being done. You have models out there you could follow. So that leads to the next thing I, I was thinking about, and this has to do with creativity. Uh, at, when you exhibit creativity, you find new opportunities. You find new things to do. In some cases, you find new applications for the science that that already exists or that you discover. In other cases, um, it, you find whole new areas of science to examine. But, and even in, even in my lifetime, there have been whole new science areas of science that have just been created out of whole cloth that you know they didn't even exist before and now they're a thing <laughs> now they're a field and in some cases they're things that were dismissed before and now they've been been accepted so you, you just never know what what your creativity might foster and and uh, this this kind of leads into the next thing I was thinking about too is the opportunity for cooperation when you find other people that are like-minded and you team up with them new possibilities get created you you can you can be part of a movement now maybe you started that movement maybe you've joined that movement but you can be part of it and and there's a lot of benefit to be gained by cooperation and science is, I think science is one of the beacons in human society for cooperation because the, the freedom to spread information is beautiful. Like the whole internet exists because of the interest of sharing scientific information. So that that's, you know, it doesn't matter what it's devolved into, it's still sharing oh, scientific no. information. You mean, sci you mean science is responsible for Facebook. <laughs> uh, you're not selling it. <laughs> well, uh, the, 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 just because it's got a few warts on it doesn't mean that the, under, <laughs> underneath the body isn't sound. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
So and that does kind of lead into the, next, the the last thing I was thinking about. I mentioned technology as being a barrier, but technology is also a source of freedom. Look at the things you can do today because of technology. Look what you can do thanks to CRISPR, what you can do thanks to flow cytometry, what you can do thanks to PCR. I mean, it's there's, it's amazing what you can do now that, that, that 100 years ago scientists couldn't even dream about. I love it that you reel off these names now, like you. <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is. I mean, that is. I guess all of these have always been in science: rigor, passion, curiosity, creativity, and cooperation. But technology is what has kind of gone exponential in the last forty years, or maybe more. Yeah, Marie um, that, Curie you know, didn't have all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but they certainly had to have rigor and passion and curiosity and so on. And so it's interesting that as you kind of, one trap is that as you, as you kind of uh, move more towards the technology side of things. Yeah, don't might forget be, those fundamentals. Exactly, don't forget yeah. the rigor and the passion and the curiosity. It's easy when, to When I say Marie Curie didn't have those things, I meant, Te technological things so obviously she had all yes. the rest <laughs> exactly yeah but that's the thing in the beginning that's all you have is rigor and passion and curiosity and you know like if you go back to the beginning of science which was well you think know, about the beginning of your own scientific interest you know when when you were in in fourth grade you didn't have technology to to do anything it, it all just came down to you got interested you know and maybe it didn't happen in, in third grade. Maybe it happened in, in, in 12th grade. <laughs> you know, maybe it happened by the time you were at university. I don't know. But it happened at some point because nobody gets a PhD in science without having decided to have some interest in it. It doesn't come automatic. That's for sure. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. So. It's interesting. So those are my thoughts on freedom. And so, Nick, is there anything else you wanted to add there? No, I just think, I mean, I kind of said it earlier but just to reiterate that that, again, what we're saying about freedom, you know, what is freedom? It's about um, it's about expressing yourself as a scientist, the, whatever kind of scientist you want to be. And, the, you know, um, that will be different for different people and different people will need more, uh, more ability to move within the structures that exist in science than others, depending on what kind of scientist they want to be. The barriers that you laid out there, academia, money, ethics, technology, popularity and politics represent the the, ed, the edges or the or the areas of space that can't either can't be filled by you as a scientist or are more difficult for you to fill as a scientist. But within that, you can grow within that space that's available, within that constraint that's available, you can there's plenty of room to grow. Um, you know, there's infinite room to grow really. Um, and the way to do it is um, is by flexing those those muscles, those attributes, paying attention to them and cultivating them within yourself. Uh, rigor, passion, curiosity, creativity, and cooperation, and technology. What can you do to improve that in your those um, those muscles, those attributes in yourself? Um, what can you do to exercise those more? There's always more ways to to be more rigorous, to be more curious, to be more creative. Um, and then, uh, as we said in the end, the technology is always advancing. Keep it, you know, you can keep a, 
so that you have to keep abreast of that and um and that helps you to to exercise more uh, creative freedom but never forget the the things at the beginning of that list the rigor the passion curiosity and so on are easy to let fall by the wayside especially if you start well you know they're they're easy to let fall by the wayside they're the fundamentals um so I think that was very interesting, actually, that that went a different way from I thought. We started off with a question and some <laughs> some bullet points, and that well, actually I, I love it when we start these me, things yeah. off with me going, you know, Nick, this time you're going to have to weigh in. You're like, whoa, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that I did weigh in that much. But oh, I, you did. I, I you did indeed. I see. I see what you mean here, and 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 I think that that's a it's a really useful map. It's quite a lot to chew on, but it's a really useful map for people to explore what kind of scientists they want to be and what 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 do they need to exercise more to to grow in that. Um, again, if you allow your rigor or your passion to atrophy, then you're going to you're just going to stop growing as a scientist. You will stop growing, regardless of what technology you have at your disposal or what money you have at your disposal. So, it's um, yeah. Okay, I think that was a that was a great topic, Ken. So thanks for for conceiving that i hope that that helps a lot of people um so i think just a couple of housekeeping things to end to say before we head off is uh the usual message that you can see all of the episodes at uh all, all of the previous episodes at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist and as i mentioned as and as will be in the show notes there on bitesizebio forward slash the happy scientist uh then one episode that we mentioned there, the challenge of differentiating between science and scientific opinion. If you're interested in that, that was episode 16. You can find that back there at that URL. And to if you're interested in this stuff, if it if it floats your boat, then we are at facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club, all one word. And we would love to see a like from you and some and a message from you there and to say hi. And that just leaves us to say, Ken, thank you very much. Thank you. For another great insight that I'm sure a lot of people will find useful. And I'm off to celebrate the rest of my birthday. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ken. Take care. Okay, bye now. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.